Hi, this is Pamela Adlon, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andrash Jones. Welcome to Radio 8-Ball, give us a shake. We're in the studio, we're here at Starbucks, tempting fate. You're questions to burning questions to the Nelson songs we Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, hanging out here on the phone in the studio with the creator of AMC's Lodge 49, premiering their second season on August 12th of this year. If you're listening after this fact, then it might be August 12th of last year. And we're using music from my record, All You Get, which is coming out on August 8th, as the Oracle Fodder. And now let's return to our session in progress with Mr. Jim Gavin. Uh, yes, well, we, we, we braved the Cartesian shack in the last one. And we're going to get to your question in just a moment. Do you have a question for the Pop Oracle at the ready? I do. Okay, good. So, I uh, we were talking. You were talking in the last episode about uh, Ulysses being your favorite novel, or James Joyce being your favorite writer. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, the the minds and the hearts of sinkheads across the globe who listen to the show opened up because, of course, he's the great synchronicity writer. Uh, I. Of all time, probably, uh, even before there was a, was that he predates. Yeah, he predates predates uh, Jung. So he's well. Actually, they they were they were. I go Jung was a little older, but their contemporaries. Joyce's daughter actually saw Carl Jung. Uh, he was her therapist for a while. Uh, it's actually a heartbreaking tale because Joyce's daughter had um, mental health issues. Uh, but yeah, they they were kind of two. I would say they're two sides of the same coin, Joyce and and Young, in a crazy way. And actually, even crazier, Joyce and Young have the, they're the same root word. They both uh, they're the same. Young is basically Joyce in uh, German or whatever it is, essentially. Ah. So they actually share a name as well. They are not. <laughs> that's that's a, be, that's a synchronicity they totally both appreciate. I think I read that once. Somewhere. No, that's wonderful. I'm curious. Are there? Were, I so I I, I want to get to your question really quickly. But there there were uh, when I was researching you, I saw people compare you compared to Dennis Johnson, which is an author that I have a lot of affinity for. Um, I acted in a, like the only screenplay that he ever wrote when I first moved out to Hollywood, and then uh, fell in love with his books. Is was he? An int- influence, a, a, uh, a f- just a, someone you have you read his stuff? Yeah, I've read. You know, Jesus's Son is like you know a, a real landmark for the you know short story in America, and I, I'm a I'm a fan of that book. Um, I and I read I've read Train Dreams as well, which I really love. Uh, I think Emergency is one of the funniest short stories uh, ever. 
I've ever read. And he does something really special. Um, you know, I'm, I, I will very, you know, I, I can't say he's a, he's a, a big influence, but I think he's, as good as anyone, and actually, uh, Linda Eamon, who plays uh, uh, Connie on our show, uh, she gave me his last, as a gift, his his last uh, kind of posthumous book of short stories, or I know I don't know if it's posthumous, but um, uh, which I'm excited to read. Um, yeah, he's he's a master, and I think uh, we're all just trying to catch up with him. Well. Uh, yes, he's yeah, he was he was great. Uh, it, Confessions of a was it. The Resuscitation of a Hanged Man, it made, that book, when I read that, I thought, oh, I wonder if, I guess it's just kindred spirits. And then the other thing uh, that I was thinking about, have you ever read Robertson Davies' Rebel Rebel Angels? Uh, uh, I, ha- I haven't. I, I feel I like Blaze not. has. Okay, great. <laughs> there were times when Blaze's dialogue, I was like, this guy is would love that book. You know, you, that's how real your characters are. That I feel like I want to sit down with them and rec- recommend books that they should read. Okay, well, I will. I will read that. Uh, for sure. Oh no, I, you, let's just. I think you just keep giving us the show. I think that's fine. No, I'm not giving. I'm not here to give you any assignments. Um, yeah. So, but I do well because you already fulfilled on the assignment, which is preparing your question for the Pop Oracle. So, what do you got for us, Jim? Okay, this is this is a, a very selfish personal question. That's exactly um, the kind we want. I I my car is a 2004 Saturn Ion, which I bought. Uh, I bought it in 2004, thousand down, and then it took me about eight years to pay off. Still running well. It's 15 years old. I I'm kind of in love with my car, and I my question is, I would love to have it for 20 years. Is the Saturn gonna make it? Is the Saturn going to make it? And now, on your behalf, Jim Gavin, I'm going to spin the Wheel of Eight. Na, 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 Wheel of Eight. Song number seven, which is One More Figure in the Picture. Okay. was I to know this story would have a happy ending? When I was feeling low, I guess I must have been pretending. For the angels reading over my shoulder. Because there ain't nobody calling on the telephone. But somehow tonight that don't make me feel quite as alone as it did just the other day. What was I thinking? Now there's one more figure in the picture tonight One more figure in the picture tonight So I go out walking with the rain pouring down My naked feet on the warm wet ground And I wonder are the neighbors watching and what do they see?
see, I had me an epiphanal exchange with a supermarket grocer. He said, you're gonna keep that magazine. I said, thank you, no, sir. Put it back on the rack. Said I'd changed my mind. He said, if you can't change your mind, son, you can't change anything. If you can't change your mind, son, you can't change anything. One more figure in the picture from my record, All You Get, coming out August 8th. The answer to Jim Gavin's question, will the will the Saturn make it? Yeah. yeah will the Saturn <laughs> make it? So uh, did you have any immediate response to that? I can tell you what the, where the little bit of background on the song, if you'd like. Um, well, I would say, I'll just start by saying yeah. I'm feeling gener- generally positive after hearing that. So if you want to... Yeah. The background and then, yeah. Well, first of all, uh, well, so that song is really, it's the only, I think, truly optimistic, like easily optimistic song on the record. The record, I've been, in my mind, I've, until I've had to start talking about it with people, which obviously I get tongue tied as soon as I start thinking about that. But I've been referring to it as sort of frowny frown, like the Beach Boys (laughs) smiley smile if it was made in a rainy place by a person. So it's not, it doesn't, it feels more like Olympia, Washington than Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely one of the more positive, and uh, and I and that the the line in the third verse, which I think is, and I, I I feel very happy with it, and it's a, it's because it's true. It's exactly what you were saying about James Joyce. Like these things are all true things that happened. That I just am telling you what happened and that interaction with that yeah. supermarket grocer who said, if you can't change your mind, son, you can't change anything. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, and every time I hear it, I feel like I get credit for that line, but I didn't, I just plucked it out of his lexicon. Uh, right. And then, uh, so, so I think there's something there about the, the character in the song deciding to put the magazine down. And so in my mind, and then when you were saying that you, I think that my favorite, my favorite Hollywood producers drive shitty old cars that they bought when they couldn't afford to buy better. It's a, it's a sign of class or my grandfather would be very proud of you. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. The, uh, the epiphanal exchange, I, I kind of, my ears pricked up and yeah, no, I think, I do think there's a weird magic, uh, when you do report from life like you can't even if even i put something in a short story if it's a line i've heard or something in the world i i think there's it does 
it works somehow on a, on a deeper level that you can't explain. So yeah, like it, some things just have the ring of truth. Um, uh, yeah. And as far as, uh, my dear Saturn, um, yes, I've, you know, I, I recently had to make a decision, you know, like, am I going to put, it needed a little bit of work. And I'm like, well, at this point, maybe it's time. And I said, no, uh, I'm going to put it, I'm just going to pay. <laughs> I'm just going to get the, uh, whatever it was, I think the alternator done. Um, and, uh, yeah, keep going. I, I, I renewed my con- commitment. I think I was wavering, but I changed my mind. Yeah. Well, and I, I of course, we have to, I mean, the, the people, the fan, fans of Lodge 49 are immediately thinking Saturn, mythology, Kronos, Jupiter. You're right. <laughs> yeah, okay, Saturn return. Okay, well, what, you know, what is the meaning of that? And I will leave that to the listeners to pour over. Yeah. But I will say that Jim and I are aware of it. We call, that's what sometimes we refer to as low-hanging sink fruit, and we encourage you to dine on it. Uh, yeah. But I want to say to you, Jim, you're talking to somebody who's driving, still driving a 99 Corolla. Okay. With 235. Good year. Good year for the Corolla. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's one like the, I want to be driving the last 20th century vehicle. Yeah. I just feel like there's someday there's going to be some, you know, when you go to the classic car, you know, show now, it's, you know, it's all, you know, 57. Chevys, etc. But Maybe 2004 someday, Saturn. There'll be, a place, there'll be a place for the 99 Corolla and the 2004 Saturn. Um, yeah, so we're good. We're I think we're both both correct in hanging on, hanging on desperately. Yes. Yes. So uh, we're so we're in the next segment. We're going to be joined by Tom Patterson, who as the music supervisor, and I've heard you speak. Uh, I think maybe I just read about you right uh, speaking glowingly of uh, your work together on it. The music in the show is. Like everything else, I mean, it really it, the 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 aesthetic is really consistent across the board. But before we let you go, this is a music show, and I, I and you write about music a lot in your stories. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to say anything about how you approach the music in the show, or maybe your relationship and creative process with Tom to sort of see again? Yeah, that? I think Tom and I have known each other for a long time, and we both um, he, you know, I, I consider myself a music geek and I like to dig, you know, dig into things and find obscure stuff. But Tom's on another level. He's, he's really as an archivist and kind of just a, um, his, his grasp of the entire vernacular of, of pop music, um, and the not so pop music is, is I think second to none. Um, uh, but for this Lodge 49 in general, I had a certain touchstones of, of certain moods and feelings that kind of come out of the music I love the most. And um, a lot of that, I was, I was actually a DJ at KXLU uh, in the 90s, back in the day. And um, the stuff I loved was kind of had a kind of, you know, re- almost, it was a revival in a sense of, of a, a certain 60s aesthetic, but it, it was shot through with a modern uh, new feeling. And I, when I, so I'm thinking of bands like Broadcast and Lilies. And, um, in the show, uh, we, we use, there's a band called the sound carriers, uh, who are just amazing band that have this kind of timeless sound. And we've used all those bands uh, throughout to kind of create this kind of sun kissed, a hazy psychedelic feeling that kind of bleeds through the mood of the show. And it really is one of the most fun aspects of the show. And Tom consistently delivers, um, crazy obscure tracks, often found uh, in, you know, a 45 found in a thrift store and he has to hire a, a detective to track down the the heirs to see if we can clear it. You know, um, that's actually happened. So 
Um, yeah, once we get into that phase of the music, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And it is, it is a hugely important part of our show. And our composer, Andrew Carroll, is a, a is equally uh, important and brilliant in, in sustaining the sound of Lodge 49. Excellent. And finally, before we let you go, for those of us who have done the work, we've watched season one at least once, maybe twice. I, mean, I don't expect you all to listen to it three times. I mean, to watch it three times because yeah. you're not researching it for a show. Um, for, for a show, But I, I recommend definitely at least a second watch. But for those of us who are up to it and very excited about the second season is there some sort of is there some little key that you can give us that's like i don't want you to give anything actually i've been avoiding looking at the trailer i don't want to know anything but as as the writer is there some little like is there any little nugget you'd say okay if you're you know watch the lady in red or like something is there some little wink you'd like to give to fans of the show we're we're entering season two when this comes out we're going to be about, about a week out from it uh, no, about twelve days out from the out from the release. Is there any sort of little thing, or maybe something from season one you think we should go back to so that we're we're primed and ready for the the journey of season two? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I would say just to be really oblique, um, uh, crack open your Borges, and uh, yeah, you you can go to town uh, from season one through season two. Um, there's a, there's a lot of buried stuff in there that's coming to the surface um, in a fun way. Crack open your bo- your Borges is uh, do, do you know that are you familiar with the the musical Kiss Me Kate? Uh, yes. Brush up your Shakespeare. Start <laughs> quoting him now. Yeah. <laughs> you know that it's it's like crack open your Borges is sort of like brush up your Shakespeare. Absolutely. If uh, what if she. If she cries when your head, when her hair you are mussing, tell her that's much, must ado about nothing. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> the line. Anyway, uh, Jim, it's uh, Mr. Gavin. It's been a pleasure to have you on this show. I hope you can tell how enthusiastic I am about uh, what you do. And it's just been, I'm so glad that I've had the opportunity with the show to really, really research uh, you and what you're doing. And I just, I'm, I'm super excited to see what's next. Thank you. It means a lot. You're like basically our ideal viewer. And um, thank you so much for the tunes, which are, uh, have some sun-kissed loveliness to them that I, I, I look forward to the record. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio 8 Ball Show.